Welcome to the Club 937 Podcast. I'm Jay, the producer, and this week we're sitting down with Chris Murray, who used to run sound for us back in the De Novo era. He also just might be the hardest working drummer in the world. So, Tez, bring her in. What, what what are we doing this evening? Well, this week. Wait, wait, wait. Do you have? I didn't. I didn't grab anything to drink today. What you, you have, have? I oh, might yeah. make some tea I, later. I have a beer. I have a beer. Welcome back, everybody. I have a beer. <laughs> I can uh, give you oh. some recommendations. <laughs> Jay, did you did, did you bring a did you bring a coffee? Jay, do you have a coffee of the night? I do. I do. Okay, cool. Uh, you that? go first because I'm reading. This I go still. first. Yeah. All right. Coffee of the night. This is from uh, Huckleberry Roasters in Denver, Colorado. It's the Flores Belas blend. Uh, it's really good. It's a medium roast. It's got notes of milk chocolate, toffee, and toasted almond. Uh, I just actually killed the bag this morning <laughs> or this evening. This is my last cup of it, which I'm sad about because this is what actually one of, my, uh, one of the better you, ones. You savage, nah, bro. Savage. This is a uh, two killed the bag. Two, Two pound bag, man. Oh, two okay. pound bag. Just finished um, it off. Two pounds. Well, uh, well, I got all right. So this is a really weird beer I got here. It's called One Night Only, and it says we put the F U in fun, and it says playing the hits, and it's got like all these song hits on there: Tears of Blood, Fairy Tales, Name and Lights. But the beer company is Dewey Beer Company, and I don't really know much about them. I just kind of really like the clown. And logo on the can and uh it made it doesn't even say what kind of beer it is it just says what it's built with it's citra galaxy and lemon drop hops so this is going to be a hoppy ipa kind of thing but it's just a really cool can and they are tez you're, you're you, you know you're delaware this is harbison delaware harbison harbison where that is harbison no yeah. i don't no h-r-b-e-s-o-n yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, you, I, I never lived there or anything. No, I don't. It said Dewey, so my my assumption was uh, Dewey Beach. Yeah, it's. I would think Dewey Beer Co. It should be it somewhere should be, close uh, to close, there. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I'm gonna pop it and give her a whirl. Says you 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 don't have a beer tonight. Maybe later. Right now, I have this fine uh, Wellesley's from BJ's Purified Water. Uh, <laughs> It's been satisfying. It's good. It's delicious, actually. Jay, where so is when, you, 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 when you're you, bored you, of the coffee and everything, give this water a try. Jay, you got to hit him with a womp womp or something, man. But I don't think I have a womp womp. Uh, wait, hold on. I got I'll, I'll womp. I can laugh. I can laugh at you. Right. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. It's a little late. Seinfeld. It's a little Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. So let's get into our guest of the evening. A uh, person that we have known, De Novo known for years, years, back in man, that many, that that many, <laughs> over over twenty years, right? It's been over twenty years, man. I want to introduce Mr. Chris Murray to the group. <laughs> Give him some hands. What's happening, man? Ah, Jay, that was beautiful. Thank you, thank you, I thank love you. That. Love that. It's good to be here. But I do before you get the into the music man. stuff. Before you get into the band stuff, because that's highly important, man. Uh, sure. let's, let's, let's walk this lane real quick to tell everybody how we know each other. <laughs> I uh, go back to Firehouse. That's where I start, right? I yeah, mean, that's, yep. I think that's where, where I met Chris Murray, the legend. That was uh, that was the Firehouse days. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let that. him tell it. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's it. I mean, you know, it was when I was, it, it's so funny because I was saying earlier before we went live, you know, how when I, I write my book, that chapter is, is definitely a, a wild one. But it was, you know, and it was a crazy good time, but it was a low point in my life. It was when I was separated from my wife, you know, so it was, uh, it was an interesting time. You know what I mean? It was, uh, it was rough. But uh, we made a, a, a load of fun. So yeah, I was at Firehouse Q as the sound guy, and then I was the general manager 
Um, and then I was just also the general hang around and then, you know, obviously being part of the bar scene and, and all that stuff, you know, we were all kind of intertwined in each other's lives in some way, shape or form, at least a few times a week. At least, at least. <laughs> yeah. But you said, you said, see, we started already because you said that, you know, it was a, a low point, a low time in your life. Mm-hmm. But uh, just like even now, man, like it made for great situations and great friendships and great relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, even as if even now, you know what I mean? Like all I said was one thing and you you hit me, man. And this, you know, it, it's like it's never skipped a beat. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, it is. It's 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 really good to be a part of this thing, man. That's what, you know, when I heard you were doing it, I was like, man, I, I got to hit him up. I got to hit him up. It's going to be cool, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you reaching out, bro. Well, for uh, so, yeah, I remember you doing sound and I remember you being a hanger outer and all that and all that from the wild days back then. But most importantly, man, you are a musician and you were back then, man, like you are a drummer yeah. that uh, pr- probably one of the hardest working drummers that I know, <laughs> man, like I uh, pretty much. Yeah, you're you're always doing something, man. Like always. you are not always stopping, ever. <laughs> Fifteen shows a weekend. Yeah, kind of feels like it. Yeah, sometimes, so. sometimes it does feel like it. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, it does feel like fifteen shows a weekend. Sometimes I've yeah, always just see, had to I've stay seen busy. You doing two a day. I've done three. Like the only time people doing two a days is see a football practice two a days. That's the only two a days I know about, man. Three shows in one day. I've that's done, crazy. I've done I've done a couple triples. Uh, one I did one last summer and I did one like two summers before that in in the midst of a full weekend like where you end up doing seven or like eight in a Friday to Sunday span or a Thursday Ooh, to Sunday God. span. So and are are you usually playing like one set? Are you like forty five minutes to an hour? Or are you doing an all night? Uh, you got all night gigs going no, it, on. It, it'll it's when if it's like that, it's a mix where I might go. I think that time I was in Baltimore on Friday night and did like an eight to eleven, and then on Saturday morning I got up and drove to Ocean City and I did like eleven to one in Ocean City, and then drove back and then I did like four to seven somewhere else or you know what i mean it was like a, a, an evening gig and then sunday i was at fedex field and i had to be there at like 11 you know what i mean and then that was like an all-day thing you know or you know and maybe you know so it's something like that where there's a you know a, a ton of mileage that also goes into it as well yeah you know? yeah that's yeah man, that's all over the place i was just gonna say i was i was talking just about two weeks ago to a buddy of mine and i said you know he said why why do you do that i said i didn't do it on purpose but here's here's the deal Everybody, when you were young, you wanted to tour. You want to play as much as possible. Yeah. But nobody's yeah. band, nobody's one band was playing enough. You know, if you were in an original band, you weren't playing all the time. And if you were in a cover band, you probably weren't playing all the time. So I was like, well, I want to play all the time. And so I started, I, I just random, just inherently knew a shit ton of covers. Like I just, I know songs. I just learned them. So I started doing cover gigs and then I started realizing I could get a lot of work that way. And so I started doing eight, nine, 10, 12, 13 gigs a month as a, a pickup musician. And so that's how I ended up being, you know, this, this very hardworking drummer was because I, I spent years just saying yes to every gig that came down the pike. If my, if my schedule was open Monday, Sunday to Monday, you know, Monday to Sunday, if my schedule was open, I took the gig. You know all these bands? Like, how did you become a traveling drummer? Like, do you know everybody you play with or did you? I did to begin with, um, but I have uh, I have gotten calls from people that I didn't know. I actually got a, a tour call from a guy I didn't know. That was, I did a, a run with Papa Shake back in the day. And uh, I was, that was during the Firehouse Q days. And I'd run sound for them a couple times, but I'd never met them personally. And then I was sitting there in my little shack of a, a spot. And it really, oh, and I'll tell you what, um, quick sidebar to the story. So I had went to the manager and to you know, the owner and said, look, I'm working like a general manager. I need to be paid like a general manager. And she was like, I'm not doing that. And I was like, well, here's your keys. So I had just left that day and was sitting at home like, I don't have a job. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just gave up the job I had, you know, something would have been better than nothing, but you know, we'll figure it out. And literally as I'm sitting there like, well, fuck the phone rings and I pick it up and the guy's like, is this Chris Murray? And I said, yeah. He said, yeah, I don't know that you know me, but this is John Weed. I'm in Papa Shake. And I said, yeah, I've run sound for you before. And he was like, all right, well, uh, would you be interested in 
going on tour with us as a drummer? I said, sure. You know, like, you know, what are the details? When do you leave? And he goes, well, we were supposed to leave yesterday. (laughs) 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 And I was like, cool. All right. um, I'm listening. And he's like, no, he goes, "Uh, if you don't have anything going on, like, you know, if you can meet me at Hooters in Rockville, I'll get you the CD. We'll meet at my house tonight. We'll rehearse. We'll leave tomorrow and we'll be gone for like two weeks. And I was like, Uh, and I was like, wow. I just looked at my schedule and I was like, <laughs> I ain't doing shit. <laughs> I, I ain't even got to put you on hold. Yeah, I'm good. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll see you at Hooters at two o'clock. And so, so yeah, I, I've gotten calls that way. Or uh, there was a band called Budograph Spaceship. Um, they were a jam band and they were on tour coming through DC and their drummer had to leave tour to go to a wedding or something. And, and so this just through like the DC jam band scene, they were asking around and, and somebody had mentioned my name. And so they hit me up and were like, hey, um, can you cover this, this DC date we've got? And I said, sure. So I met him in DC that afternoon and was like, you know, how about some material or anything? And they're like, eh, we'll just wing it. I was like, okay. So we, we, we got up and sound checked and I was like, you know, you just sort of gauge what everybody's language is or sort of how they play. And I said, yeah, that, this is cool. I, it, I'm at least not going to train wreck. You know, they were, uh, they, they would fall into monotony. You know what I mean? Where like they knew, mm-hmm. you, it was, you knew it was never going to train wreck. So it was fine. As long as everybody kept their head up, it was going to be fine. You know, and there was, that's, I think, that's, two, yeah, three or four that's bands That's jazz, there. man. Yeah. Isn't, it, isn't that jazz? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. That's also jazz. I'm pretty sure, like, you get jazz, you get the right players in the right room. Yeah. And they all kind of have their channel. Yeah. And they don't write anything. It, they just go. No, it's the and, language. Yeah. It's yeah. the language. I mean, yeah. and, and to yep. your point, I yep. mean, when I was getting started in that scene, you know, or sort of in that genre and learning about it and, and becoming, you know, a fan of it, uh, I, w- I would go to Wilmer's Park back in the day and, and this was in like the early to mid 90s and it was you know all these jam bands you know quote unquote but they were coming right out of sort of the 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 heavy jazz club scene like you know, the new york totally. jazz scene you know and that's where you would see you know john Schofield or you know carl denson and, and some of these guys and it would be nuts you I mean you were seeing like it was what's considered jazz. And now these guys are crushing like big arena level stages and it's, it's fusion and it's become this whole other genre. It's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking on our last, I think on the last episode about the genres kind of blending now, the way that bluegrass yeah. guys are figuring out heavy music and, you know, jazz guys and jam band and hip hop and emo. And like, you know, the way that all the genres are kind of, um, finding matches for each other and i think it's cool man i think it's cool yeah i I, i'm all for cross-pollination man i think if you know if you want to evolve then that's what you have to do um some of it sucks but some of it is amazing and i think that's part of the fun of it you know yeah i mean and Um, and that's i guess that's that's my only caveat is for better or for worse you know ultimately at some point too much cross-pollination can you know it's it's not a good thing it's it's too much saccharin you know what i mean it it becomes too much you know, that's in, in my opinion, in which, and I, I'm, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of almost every genre to some degree. I can find something I like about it. No, quite honestly, as a musician and as a person. And so there was a, an era of country that I really liked radio level country that I really liked, but it was to go back and listen to it. Now it was that era of country where it was stepping outside of like the nineties country that you knew. And it was before bro country. So like you right. had you had guys that really, really knew how to play. They were basically studio level and tour level musicians getting out there and playing candy level country pop, but they were adding like Wurlitzers and clavinets and thumping ass bass lines and getting really monstrous drummers to come in and do like, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. a country shuffle, but it had this like meat to it and this backbeat and you were like, like, damn, like this is some shit. Like it's not. They can it, play, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these can guys play. can really, really, really pet play, and, and so I became a big fan of a lot of like country, like not the, the pop stars themselves, but their bands. Like you look at Keith Urban's band, or you look at you know Tim McGraw's band, or you look you know some of these guys, uh, you know, or uh, uh, you know Luke Bryan's band. You know, what I mean that these guys are all monster players, monstrous players. So it's uh it's not never yeah. I mean a lot of times it's like that man it's not it's not the artist per se you know what I mean is is right. what makes the show when you go to these concerts and stuff is the band that they're playing with you know not right. t- especially for us like 
when we go to a live show, I'm judging the drummer and <laughs> right. the drummers, be, <laughs> right. they be killing it. They right. be but killing so, so, it. Yeah, so then to sort of finish my point, so then, you know, ultimately you had that level of, of country and, and it was it was a, a palatable version. And then you look at what it is now, it's hyper synthesized and it's basically club music. You know what I mean? On a, yeah. To a yeah. large to a large degree. And so that in that that's where I get the too much saccharin. You know, it was great. You know, I hate to say, oh, it's back in my day, but you know, it was great, you know, call it 10, 15 years ago. But, you know, it's it's ultimately evolved into something different. And and to your point, you know, Dan, you know, evolution's not bad. You know, cross-pollination is good. I just think ultimately you have to the pendulum has to swing too far one way before it swings back. You go, all right, that was a little too much, and now let's find this this really palatable version of of a, a conglomerate of all these styles. Well, right you hear now, that, country that boys, it's like all the way <laughs> over here. Like it's all the way over here because music <laughs> is just not it. It has gone, man. It it's is, insane. It's, it's it's. I don't want to call it horrible because there are diamonds out there in the rough, but it is it's rough. It's rough right now. Did you ever see that movie Pump Up the Volume with nah, Christian Slater, I, where he's like the radio DJ? I know, I heard yes. about it. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah. He's the yeah. Radio I DJ. remember it. Right. So, it's, yeah. so in the very end of that movie, there's like it, you know after the uh, you know it, like he has inspired the wave of of kids to start their ham radios. The 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 the, the screens as it's fading out for the credits, you see all these kids popping up with their own little ham radio stations and making a run at being like the next you know, cult radio DJ. And I feel like social media has done the same thing for live music and artistry. You know, everybody oh, has a platform now. And so you have a, you have a billion microphones out there and everybody's just fucking chattering. So it, you yeah, know, to try and make, you know, really distinct and sort of aggressively agreeable art is really, really tough. And, it, you know, and I don't mean agreeable, like agreeable to the masses. I just mean to have your art ultimately recognized on some level or some scale that you feel comfortable with as an artist or a person. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it, it's like it's easier to put your to put your art or your music out there. But it's just as hard to be heard as it always was, because there's so much of it now that like. To actually get to someone, it's like you have to play the the algorithm game, and you have to like you know you still have yeah. to make the right yeah. moves. It's just not yeah. it's not uh, uh what was it uh, press kits right. anymore? You know now it's more about your presence, yeah. your social media presence. I give you a perfect you know? example. My son's 14 years old, so this was probably two summers ago. This motherfucker went to the basketball court every day, didn't have nothing to do. Set up his phone, leaned it up against the basketball pole, and took 30 minutes of himself playing basketball and put that shit on TikTok. That motherfucker got 50,000 likes in like two days and had people stopping him <laughs> in the mall being like, are you yep. making TikTok? For over a basketball no video, over a basketball Oh yeah, it happens. And that's, it's I was nuts. like, hey man, can I give you some band videos? <laughs> <laughs> Totally, right. Totally. And, and that's how it feels. You're like, oh, all right. I mean, I guess whatever works. You know what? There's people out there doing ASMR shit that, you know, for somehow, you know, they, these people are paying their bills. That shit's nuts. These people, they, there's people out there paying their bills, farting into a jar and scratching on pillows. And I can't get somebody to listen to a song that I've written. Yeah. 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 Shit's crazy. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's crazy. Well, it's too many dude. of the, the next the next be not even best just the, the next, next big thing because all it yeah all it is is people it's something that if 10 people say it then them 10 people got to be right so the hundred are going to see it. and then when the hundred say it then the thousand say it, and it just grows off of something that we think is so stupid and the, and the like thing there's is, no mm. meaning behind it is is just nothing and the world loves it well and so the the thing is this and and it took me a long time to sort of figure this out and by the time i figured it out it was far 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 too late for me to make a run at the industry however i did figure this out and and i feel like people always say you know the, the business is an industry unto itself and i never really understood what that meant but at the end of the day there really are people sitting in a room looking at we'll call them resume cards and pictures of people like you and me and and you and, and the, say it's the five of us sitting there and there's a, a group of people that go which one of these people do we want to make rich and famous for the next two years 
people are deciding the, you know, there are groups of people deciding other people's fates and going, I mean, because, yep. and the reason is because we, as a, they have figured out the formula for what it takes to break an artist. If you do these things, these very specific things as an industry player with very certain connections, then these songs break, these artists break, then now suddenly they're a viral sensation. Now all of a sudden they're hugely popular for whatever fucking reason. You know, and I blame a lot of the new hip hop for that shit. To be honest, it's garbage talent, garbage talent in in some of the new hip hop, and yet they have these huge viral waves, and that's because there's a formula to it. It's crazy. It is. I mean, you you, you said talent because I'm still looking for the talent. <laughs> I'm just thinking I, in my I, head of like of, <laughs> I'm thinking of like some dude rub his hands together like. All right, country dudes, let me give y'all the auto tune. <laughs> Check out what this is going to do, you know, like right. and basically like making like a revolution on auto tune country. Because oh. that's that's like you were talking earlier about it. I think that was the difference between your glory days country and country now is the auto tune and think, all the synthesizers and stuff with it. I you think, know? you know, ultimately with, you know, w- without calling anybody out, you know, what I mean, Florida Georgia Line, I think, is a prime example of that auto tune synthesized voice evolution because when they first started they were a lot i mean if you listen to their first two radio hits that 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 production was a very clean vocal you know what i mean it was just their natural twang that sort of sold them and that was the appeal Mm -hmm. it was it was pickup trucks and and dirt bike riding and all that shit and then now you look at where they are and it's literally shiny sequin tuxedos one of them's got like fucking max headroom type fucking hair the other one's got like diamond boots i mean like it's a it's an evolution. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Well, they did that song with Nelly. Is that who that what is? What is it? What? The, the, the dudes, the, the, the brothers, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And they did a song with Nelly? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. Um, yeah. I know who you're talking they, about. Yeah, they, they, like the, they like them some rapping in their country. I never really, I mean, even... And really, all I have is the song with Nelly to go by, but I never really saw them as like country, country. Their you know first I mean? song, Cruise, was like a, a bona fide summer country banger at one point. I mean, it was a radio hit for sure. Um, but I mean, yeah, no, it, it was. I thought, you know, if that was the, the way that they were going to go, then they were going to be a, a certain level of, of a style of country. And, and, and the, the industry pivoted as a whole, a whole into that whole club version of, of, of country, you know, and, and what it oh, became, yeah, you know, yeah, so, and, and that, yeah, and they just sort of yeah. capitalized on that, you know, kudos to them for whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah that's why, that's why they're sitting teams. there spending, you know, 10 grand a day and I'm sitting here talking about them, you know, in my you know office. In well, but, 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 but it's also doing what you have to do to get the numbers. Like you said, like whatever guys are pulling the strings or calling the shots, like, there has to be somebody not to call him a sucker, yeah. but there has to be like a sucker out there that'll wear the sequined suits and whatever. And if you don't want to do that, then you're kind of forced to your own devices and yeah. make your own scene or do your own thing, you know? Right. So, so I think it just depends on if you want to be famous or if you want to be an artist, you know, I think it's, it's, and, that's, that's, that's a personal and, choice. And I not guess, everybody's you know? as lucky as, as like Prince and Lenny Kravitz, where you get to do both. And I think there are, they're great examples of that where you, tr- they, they really held out. And I mean, held the fuck out, got called yeah. every name in the book. And I mean that quite literally and, and yeah. put up with it to, for to sure. you know, for, for the idea of the dream that they had. I mean, and, and to hear the stories in retrospect, about how much of a bad motherfucker Prince knew that he was along the way. And to hear that in retrospect, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, that is fucking awesome. And they're like, you know, this dude walked into a room and literally cut the door in half and still was the biggest motherfucker in the room. Just a, just yeah. a huge oh, presence yeah. and personality. Yeah. I, uh, I worked with a guy who had a recording studio in Rockville and when it was in its heyday. And uh, he said, you know, Prince did a string of shows in D.C. and booked the studio from midnight to eight every night he was in D.C. And he would go and do those shows at the Verizon Center or whatever it was and then wrap up and then immediately take the car, like walk off stage and did zero backstage time and then hit the studio and did from like midnight to eight every day and then got out of the studio and disappeared before people showed up to start their day. And he did that like four nights in a row and then would go back and sleep and then get up and go back to the, and then he did like four nights in DC. They're like, the guy was a fucking machine. 
Yeah, Damn. he he Damn. had an eth- dude. Prince was always working, dude. I think wasn't there some vault like after he died, they found Prince's mm-hmm. unreleased material, and it's like a vault, yeah, like filled was, with I, unreleased tapes and stuff. He did, I think they you said know, like hundreds of hours or something like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and just you know, yeah. and, and just sort of like you know, you hear the story about like the Super Bowl story when it rained. And he, and he literally, oh. they, they, they asked him, they, you know, it, it, it's raining and they ask him, right, you know, they're like, what do you want to do? You know, do, we can call it, whatever. And he, they, they, and the way they tell the story, they say he looked at the producer and said, can you make it rain harder? <laughs> and then walked on stage. <laughs> what is Blouses. Right? Game blouses. For sure. Yeah. Like what kind of baller shit is that? That's amazing. That is absolutely. I remember amazing. he had the do he had the do rag on, you know, right. so he wouldn't get so he wouldn't mess up the curls too yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. Prince, yeah. He, he was smooth. Oh, he had that, dude. Shit, so he had that smooth, shit tied man. off. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. So good. It'll never happen again. It won't. It'll and I'm so glad we get to be out of anybody. And you know, and now they're talking about like you know, and and now in comparison, I was making jokes today that uh. Uh, fucking Brandy Watson and Sexual Chocolate were gonna back up Rihanna on the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> all day long. I'm so with it. I'm so with it. What I kind of want to do is, uh, all right. So, so we're talking about the 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 music we that we uh, that we uh, grew up with versus music today. But I want to talk about your uh, your gigs now. So we've already touched on the fact that you play a lot. Uh, so what bands are you in? currently uh so the band i'm in currently is is voodoo and that's just a local rock band i really i really like that band a lot i've been with them for i think two or three years now it kind of came about just before the pandemic um i'd run sound for them <laughs> and uh it was a fun show i mean they're a good band it was, it's all radio rock like 98 rock and harder if i could give it a genre kind of like ozzy's bone yard gotcha. and octane and shit like that cool cool um uh, that that's your only band, or you got more? So well, so that's the only band I've been in for now. But you know, ultimately, as I'm sure you guys can all relate, you start to get the itch and you want to do other things. So um, I started putting together a project that um, is going to go in the studio in the end of February called Sugar Daddy, and that's like jazz hmm. and R&B and fusion, um, funk kind of a kind of jam bandy kind of like a gray boy all stores or galactic or you know just kind of all in that vibe kind of that east coast jazz fusion club vibe soul live lettuce shit like that so and then um i got i just got a phone call a week or two ago actually to your point about do i always get calls from people i know this was just through a connection that i had uh, there's a Tedeschi Trucks Band tribute that's coming up in D.C. with a bunch of marquee players. And so they're doing a studio session in a week from now. I think a week from now, two weeks from now. And I'll be in on that studio session as well. And that band's called Sweet Soul. Sweet Soul. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And then I still do mercenary work for, you know, like uh, last year I did a bunch of shows with Ray Roten and, and Bond and Bentley. I love, love, love playing with those guys. Um, you know, and, and then just obviously sometimes I get a phone call for a fill-in here and there. Uh, Jimmy Rickard and, and some of his local bands. You know, it's it's again, it's a lot of bar stuff or, or, or you know, bigger, big bars and small clubs. Cool. Now, do you have a day job or are you music uh, for a living? No, I have a day job too. I have a couple. Dude, that is a lot wow. of... That is a lot to do, man. I've only I ever been in two. I've been, I was in two <laughs> bands at once, and while I was in two bands at once, I was late to work every day, and I was late to every band <laughs> practice every single time because I couldn't hold my shit together for nothing. You know, like there was, there, I was exhausted every single freaking day from whatever the hell I had to do that day. So, uh, so how do you, how do you keep it all together, man? So that it's funny, man. Um, so do you want me to lay it out for you? So I have uh, a dumpster company that I built from the ground up with uh, a guy. Um, I'm not the owner of the company, but I am the the first person he hired, you know, when he was like, hey, I have this idea. And so we started with one truck and 27 dumpsters. And now we have just over 400 dumpsters, eight trucks, 100 portajons, and like a couple thousand feet of sight fencing. And so, you know, we're like a legit 
sight fencing company. <laughs> and yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and you're you're there for the job, man. You're there for the bill. Yeah, cool. exactly. And then I have my booking agency, Six Ella Entertainment, which you know I started, you know, right after I had a, a couple of health scares a couple of years ago. And I, so I book, you know, and I try and help artists book, and and it works a lot more like a consulting agency than a booking agency in a lot of aspects. Uh, more so because I don't aggressively go out and chase all the business. I don't play all the politics and, and do a lot of that sort of cutthroat stuff that, that a lot of sort of the bigger agencies or the brick and mortar shops do. It's just, I don't need to, and I don't necessarily have the time for it. But, you know, I have a small little booking contingency that I work with and, and that, you know, helps me too. And then beyond that, um, I also go into the uh, Howard County Detention Center or the Maryland State Prison System. And uh, just in general, I work with people in the state of Maryland in uh, recovery. So, you know, I know we're all sitting here having, having drinks and stuff like that. I actually don't drink any longer. I've, I've been sober for five years, but I still, I have no problems, you know, helping other people have a great time, you know, and, and I, I, I drive and navigate and chaperone and do all that stuff. But, you know, I, I was a shit show cool, and a drunk and, 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 and not easy to deal with on a lot of ways. And so it, my life went a lot better when I changed a few things and that was one of them. So, um, but to your point, how do I, I keep it all together? Um, it, it, it's funny. I mean, like I could show you, but like the desk that I'm sitting on, it, well, you can see like, this is all, these are printed paper. And so these are all, and it, it, it almost looks manifesto like, but it's all the things I need to write and remember or tell myself to keep my days organized. Like over here on the far right, I have my day and my itinerary broken out, like all the shit that I need to hit every day. Like, you know, so it, it starts off with everything from like my exercise routine, my workout, you know, protein, creatine, stretching, you know, and then over here on a dry erase board, I have like my whole workout and circuit, you know what I mean? So I can, you know, keep that with me, you know, and then over here I have like things that are important to me, like, you know, make your wife's life a little easier every day. Just one thing to make her life like little shit, call your parents, show up, make the effort. Work on a little bit of something every day. It's all this. I mean, it's it sounds motivational speakery, and I'm sure it is to some degree. But it's all this shit that I have to do to maintain and manage my ship. Yeah, no, no, that that makes perfect sense, man. Like uh, you're in so many different avenues in your day to day life that you have to have everything kind of listed out. To you, you need to check everything off the list every day, and then you don't drive yourself crazy. That kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, so, but you know, but but that's because I feel like. I work hyper hard now because I'm, I'm I I have an end goal in mind. You know, I spent I feel like I spent mm -hmm. 25 years kind of fucking around, and then all of a sudden when everything changed, I like all of a sudden I was like, oh wait, you can work towards having a, a legacy and a retirement and 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 enjoy an enjoyment out of life and not just put your nose to the grindstone and and be more than just the the person that you always thought you were going to be and and sort of find other avenues in life to be a more well-rounded person. And as I've gotten older, I've become a bit more stoic and a bit more educated and, 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 and feel like I need to help, you know, kind of bring some of the younger folks along. And it's not this shepherd type thing. It's just more of like an OG thing. Like I've been through it and there's pitfalls that I don't want to see people make, man. So that's kind of the full wow, scope of man. everything I'm doing. And then obviously I have, you know, wife and, and my daughter's 20 and in college and my son's 14 and plays basketball in high school and all that stuff too. So, and two dogs. And he has a huge following, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, and, he, and, he, and he's pulling down like 13K a month in TikTok views and, you know, you know, he's, he's got a car. That's nice, man. <laughs> yeah, That's so nice. I'm just, but yeah, I'm, I'm sort of in that, that phase of life now, like as a grown ass man, where I feel like abundance is a real thing, if I could be so, so bold and so thankful. You know, I got a lot of plates spinning, but they seem to be all spinning right now. Awesome, could man. Cheers to that, man. Of course, success is, is you know, number one. That's why you feel your, but, but it's just like, I don't know, when you feel like, when you feel like the the feeling of like nothing, like having nothing and, and you know, just like you just, you just want, you want so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just, because what's the, what's the opposite? Like feeling empty, then you didn't already dealt with that. You felt that before. So next is why not try all these things and, and you know, you just never know what's going to work and it works out. It's great when they all work. You know what I mean? Everything is, it's kind of like, you know, start becomes like everything you touch turns to gold. Man, that's a great feeling from, from, from 
nothing over here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just whatever nothing is filled to people. It's all different for people. You know what I mean? But there's still the 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 main goal, the main feeling that they have was nothingness. And then you have, on the other hand, you got just a pile of gold and it could be, it could be minuscule. You know what I mean? Like the, you picked a perfect bag of chips at the grocery store. Like right. you did something great and it's gold. You would go right. right for the chips. Like, you, you would go right for those damn chips, Tez. Of course that's I mean, where you're going to start. That's the point I'm making. You know what I'm saying? I'm, so I'm like, with you, man. I'm with it. It's, it's like, not everybody is fit to handle A, the nothingness feeling and then what it takes to get all the way up here to keep going, to keep going, to have one good thing happen, have two good things happen. You know what I mean? Not, not everybody's equipped to deal with that. And it seems like a lot of times it's, it's, it is people our age. Yeah. Because, you know, when we were younger, we did the nothingness, you know, the the being, you know, all around town, being crazy, doing this, doing that. Mm -hmm. We did all that. You know what I mean? And and now it's, you know, it, it's, man, it's, it's, I'm a, I, I always stand time to make money, bro. Like, yeah. Time to make some money now. All right, it's time to make money. But it's, <laughs> it's not even it's <laughs> not even it just about the money. It's not always about the money. Like you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's something else that has to be satisfied outside of pockets. Like your your yeah. your mental, your ego, whatever you want to call it, it has to be satisfied. Because I mean, mm. why else with all the shit you doing? You know, why else would you be doing it? Like something else has to be satisfied. It can't just be, you know, man, 10 things is bringing me, it's 10 different revenues and I'm doing all right off of that. Nah, man, like there's, there's some, there's some peace. There's some something in there of all yeah. these things that you're doing that you enjoy doing all these things. Like you enjoy driving yourself crazy because there is something <laughs> peaceful in there for you. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. yeah, man. Like I, I was what running, I was basically running an electrical contractor and I was making more money than I had ever made in my life. I was miserable. I was stressed. I was work. I wasn't working nearly as much as I'm working now, but I was miserable. And now, you know, I'm working twice as much for half the pay. <laughs> you love it. You're loving every I second love it, of man. it, man. I, I, uh, you know, what do, what do they say about entrepreneurs? The only people who will uh, work eighty hours a week to avoid working forty, yeah. and, and, and that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, so and, yeah. and again, in one of my my breakdowns, I have my hustles broken down like how many hours I put in. So on average, if I do everything I'm supposed to do in a given week, I'll have knocked out seventy eight weeks, seventy eight hours on by the time I hit Saturday. Seventy eight hours by Saturday. If I do everything I'm supposed to do. You know what I mean? And, and, and put all the time. I mean, and so but now to your point, you know, you say there's, you know, 10 or, you know, there's all these things you can focus on. For me, I've kind of really, you know, found some some methods and shit that I, I break down and I, I work on four things. And then and it's all sort of broken down and it's a longer conversation for a different day. But, you know, body being balance and business, which are kind of sort of teachings from some of this other stuff. But if you focus on that shit realistically every day, all the other stuff just becomes background noise because you've, you've sort of put in so much focus into this stuff that really it matters, you know, and whatever that looks like for you can be anything. That's deep, bro. Wow. Sorry. It's deepness right I don't there. mean to get all like motivational speakery, but yeah, no, like shit is, it, it's been a long Not time really. since I saw y'all. Shit is different, man. I get it. Like I've, I've been sober for 13 years, you know? So like, yeah, I, yeah, I've been. It's, it's the same stuff, man. Like the one thing that I had to learn though, like on top of all that, cause like I was, I was in that place for a while where it's like saying yes to everything, mostly cause I didn't know, like I, I didn't know what I wanted. So I was saying yes to everything. And like, I kind of had to go in the opposite direction at, at a certain point. Cause like, you know, everybody's path is different, but like my thing was like, I actually had to start learning how to say no and take breaks because i suck at that like i am i'm so bad at that and i will i will push myself until i am on the verge of a breakdown like so one of the things that like i don't know i wouldn't call it a new year's resolution i'd just call it like convenient timing but right. but like one of the things that i started working on like early this year is actually like i you know my girl works retail hours. So I, you know, work throughout the week. And then on the weekends, I'm home alone with two kids, right. two young kids, <laughs> six and almost two. So I, it's, it's not so like one thing that I've made sure to do over the last month is one day a week. I just take a day where there's nobody else at home 
and I don't work. I don't take care of like I'm either writing music or playing video games. That's awesome. All day long. And that's and that's it. And it's something that like I really had to do. I think like I don't know, work hard but know your limits. And I haven't found I that yet. Is, is a big I haven't thing. found that yeah. that release thing yet. So I mean I've I've got I'm coming up on five years. So um but I and so for me I still just work, work, work and, and so it's interesting. So right now voodoo is has just went on break because we have two people going in for for medical stuff. So I've got time off from now till March. And typically this is when I get myself in trouble because I'm like, I don't have anything on the docket. And so I, I put the, the, the feelers out and the phone starts ringing. And then suddenly before March shows up, I'm in four bands, you know, and then by the time <laughs> summer shows up, I'm in six bands and then I've got zero time. Yep. So I, the fact yep. that I've, I've only got this pod, uh, y'all's podcast and one other podcast lined up for this, this week and next week is all at the end. I'm like, you know, it feels weird to not be whoring. You know what I mean? It feels not yeah, to be it, out there working. It, feels really <laughs> it almost feels like you're. It almost feels like you're doing something wrong. Like I've, if if I'm sitting there not doing it, like it took a while. Like when I had a day where I didn't have anything to do, or when I like made a conscious decision to not do anything, right. it took forever to like not feel guilty about it. <laughs> like I I would sit there on the couch and I'm like playing I'm like. I'm playing Madden and I'm like, I should be enjoying this. Right. Like, but like in the back of my mind, I'm like, you should be doing something. You should be doing something. You should, it's, it's, sucks, well, man. It, it's, it's, it, it's, and, and when there's also part of that, you know, what I'll call reparation mindset, which is where like, I feel like I was a fuckhead for so long that I need to like do extra good now. <laughs> so like I get home from the gig at two in the morning, make myself something to eat, get to sleep at three. Then like the dog needs to be let out at seven. Then my son's got to go to basketball practice at basketball practice at 8 30 and i'm like i get up and do all that stuff but then like noon rolls around and i'm like i'm fucking done so then like sat like last saturday i like laid on the couch i was like i'm just gonna netflix and chill on my own for a day <laughs> you know what i mean and just relax you know and, and stuff like that so yeah you know, sometimes you just got to recharge the batteries and the older you get the more you take uh take stock in that shit too oh yeah uh any of y'all have you ever had a moment where like something happened and you blamed it like you blamed it on a moment you were a fuckhead oh yeah oh yeah no i mean like Wait, once a week that. yeah I Wait, mean, I'll, once tez, once a week give, give, give me an example tez put like, it in an example like, i call that my 30s <laughs> <laughs> like you you go to like you go to starbucks and get a, a fresh coffee right step outside fumble and drop that joint and just be like, man. That's because I was that fuckhead. If I hadn't hit that dude back in fucking seventh grade, yo, everything would be all right, man. I would still have that coffee right now. <laughs> That's karma, kind of. It's kind of like karma. Yeah. No, like it's same same vein it's, as it's karma. Been, but man. I guess as, well, karma. As, a, as a dude, you would be like, no, it's not karma, man. That's fuckhead Fred. You know what I mean? That's like, it's, yeah. it's not karma, yeah. it's fuckhead yeah. Fred. That was, that was when I was being a dick back in the day. Right. When in reality, it's just us connecting dots that don't even right. exist. Yeah, exactly. I think karma, karma is a little different because karma, karma, karma takes common sense. Like when people knowingly put horrible juju out into the universe, you know what I'm saying? Right. And it comes back. That's karma. But like when it's like just like a tragic accident, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you, lock, coffee. you locked your keys in the car, you know what I'm saying? And it's raining outside. You know, it's pouring down outside and you locked your keys in the car like a dummy. And you're like, fuck, man. Like, you know, because I mean, we've all done some wild shit back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm like, man. dude, like, I, like that one time I egged that house, man. That's why my keys got locked in the car. That's why bro. you locked the keys in the car. <laughs> Damn it, Tess. That one time you egged the house, man. That was it, bro. That was it, man. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it's, it's that, that terror back in the day caught up to us and i just didn't think that like i don't know man like but see just by the same token you can also you know we also do stuff where we try and make up for it and i'll give you an example since you talked about locking keys in your car and we're talking about music stuff on this show so i went to a show at the 9 30 club one time with a bunch of friends of mine so we get down there and so we're heading down and we all eat a, a like a handful of acid and we're like all right let's get in we're, we're just gonna we're gonna have a really good time so we get down there and we're all bopping and we get out the car and we go to go walking in the 930 club and shut the door and go like take two steps. And as we walk away from the car, I realized that I 
have very personally just locked the keys in the car on the way into the show. Ah. And everybody, <laughs> and I can feel everybody's night is on the way up. And I was like, I have two <laughs> options right now. I can ruin everyone's night and be like, I just locked the keys in the car or I can let us all just go in the show and have a good time and we'll see what happens. And so I decided to be the good guy, you know what I mean? Because I'd been a fuckhead so many times in the past, Tez, and said, you know what? We're just gonna go in and, and enjoy this show and we will figure it out. And I sat there for that whole show and had a blast and bit my lip the entire night dying <laughs> that I knew everyone was gonna find out when we left the show that we were fucking locked out of this motherfucking car in the, in the rain in DC. Um, but it all worked out and there was a cop out there and he was like, what are y'all doing? And I was like, we're locked out. And he was like, oh, I got a Slim Jim in my car. And I was like, aren't those illegal? And he was like, Shane, come on. I was like, all right. What's who, your, who, who, yeah, who, what's your name? Who, right. what, what's your name, he buddy? Literally, so yeah. he, he didn't, I mean, and you know, that being said, you know, kudos to the rest of us for not even like popping a glitch, you know, just dealt with the police officer. He popped the lock and we got in. We're like, all right, see you, bye. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So man. I, so I um, tried to be a good guy for once. You, yeah, you got, you got to pay you it do. back. And the old, you do. And the, the older back. I get, That's the more I, I try and pay it back. Jay. Yo, this this is so funny having two drummers on the show because they talk with their hands. <laughs> like, have you noticed this? Like, yes. Chris is like Chris Murray been, been doing a drum solo on his desk the entire <laughs> episode. I am I, I am uh, Irish and Italian to a fault, and I am a hand talker. Dude. And Tez is like this. Tez is like, you know what I'm saying, man? You got all these levels, man. And then next thing you know, bro, they just like, you know, like Tez is just talking with all these, like, like anyone's going to see him, you know, like no one's ever going to see him. Tez but is voguing uh, over there. But that's uh, that's Voting. that's uh, body language, bro. Yeah. Drum, drum, drummers are a body language. Uh, they're they're a body language people. That's funny. You know, yep. Drummers are. No, we just we feeling, man. It's yeah. feeling, bro. I guess so. Apparently, we, y'all y'all really y'all are feeling it. it. Yeah, y'all really believe in it. Um, all right, Murray, some quick yeah. stuff. Uh, before the lightning round, I, I do have sure. a lightning round. Don't worry, anyone. There is a lightning round. But first, you're a musical Mount Rushmore, man. You pick four faces to put on your own Mount Rushmore. Whose faces do you put on? Okay. Um... <laughs> He's making a list right now. Look. <laughs> <laughs> He's writing it down. I, I, just, I busted you, bro. I just, I'm you just, I, I have to sort my thoughts because they, that's like a fire hose of information right now that I have just... Four faces, bro. Four, four faces. faces. Four faces. Billy Cobham, Derek Trucks, Jimmy Herring, Nick Mason. <laughs> Dude, I don't know anyone on his round Rushmore. So, so, I've heard, so I've heard I was like, all right, so, I know it's going to be Jerry Garcia or like Jim Morrison <laughs> or something. I'm like, man, come no, on, man. So, so, Holy crap. All right. Tell me all four. Who, who so, are so they? Billy Cobham is, is, is truly just one of the greatest drummers of, of all time. I mean, he's truly just, I mean, he comes from the jazz world and fusion world, but I mean, chops for, for absolute days. I mean, just absolute monster fusion i mean you know just google it you know it's it's un, unreal to, to watch play and i i met him and you know they always say you know never meet your idols but he's one of the few that i met that really like was everything you would want to to when you when meet an idol um very cool Derek trucks was the second one he's the guitar player for the tedeschi trucks band um but he comes from like allman brothers lineage and and family um, he's just truly okay. an unreal guitar player. BB King said he's probably the greatest guitar player of our time. BB mm, had game. BB was definitely uh, he, he his word counted right. for sure. Um, yeah, and and secondarily, uh, I said Jimmy Herring, um, who's also he's the guitar player for Widefoot Panic, but very specifically um, for a project he did with Billy Cobham called Jazz Is Dead. And the album was called Blue Light Rain. And that album, I saw that album happen live, and uh, that changed my life. So that that was uh, that was why he got that mention, and then Nick Mason uh, as the drummer for Pink Floyd. Oh, oh yeah, of course, shit, yeah, shit, the of drummer course. for Pink Floyd. Just, they, they are the the mountaintop for me. That's the first band that sure. ever changed me as a person. Like I know that was the first band where I ever recognized music had a physical effect on someone as a person. Because when I would get like I I recognized my hyper and anxious stuff as a kid but Floyd would calm me down. And I, I recognized that. Yeah. So I would go yeah. to my room and listen to Floyd and calm down. And so that's how they became. Um, what's, your favorite, uh, what's your favorite Pink Floyd record, man? It's tough. I know, it's tough. It's tough. It is. Um, 
Yeah. Good, <laughs> good choice, man. It, 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 it choice, hits on man. so much of the, the catalog, and I'm a and I, and I do love, love, love Gilmore Floyd as you know the, from the live perspective. So yeah, so mm-hmm. Pulse I think would be the best snapshot of that. That's awesome, man. Good choice. All right, so that's your Rushmore. Um, uh, without naming, well, you can name the band, I guess, if you want. But what's the best show you've ever played? Best show I've ever played. Or your, fav- your, or, or your favorite show, anyways. It doesn't got to be the best. I don't know what best yeah, is, no, but no. like your favorite show um, you've ever played. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I played with Crowded Streets, which was a Dave Matthews tribute, um, you know, we really were kind of right at the height of really making a go at things. And so we were playing Ram's Head Live. And I had uh, On the Bus, which was a Grateful Dead tribute that was doing really well at the time. Uh, on the supporting bill. And I had recently met John Kadlicek, who was the singer of this really, really, really big Grateful Dead tribute called Dark Star Orchestra at the time. But he was leaving, he had, I know he had left Dark, Dark Star Orchestra. Dark, I know so that. he very much had the rock star moment where he got tapped by the originals to, to fill in and sort of step in as the, the right. role for, for Jerry Garcia uh, with the remaining members of the dead. I had met him during that transition. And so I said, hey, you know, <laughs> kind of kiddingly, I had met him at Jam and Java and, and he sat in with the band I was playing with. And so I kiddingly like nudged him and said, hey, <laughs> you, you wouldn't want to open for my band at Ram's Head Live, would you? And he was like, sure. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So he puts together this, this ragtag band of like killer tour musicians and goes on between On the Bus, which was this really popular Dead tribute, and then John Kay's band, like uh, you know, who's now with the Dead. So Ram's Head Live was packed, and then and then and then Crowded Streets went on, and so that was one of the very few times where I walked onto a stage in a very very packed venue of people that were absolutely excited for my band to walk on stage. And that was a very interesting That's feeling. Awesome. And then I have, a, there's a YouTube video where we kick off the night with Tripping Billies and it's this big, huge open. And so if you, we've all been to Ram's Head Live, a full Ram's Head Live sure. that goes from pitch black to eruption. And like yeah. it, it, that that moment right there, like it, it'll make the hair on your neck stand up. And so that that was a really, 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 really favorite show of mine. Save for the Fillmore, which was another really big one. Okay. So That's cool. now That's cool. the worst show ever. This is the best question of the mm-hmm. night, by the way, because yeah, we all have one. Everybody's yeah. got one. What's the worst show ever? Yeah. Of um, I mean, and I've got a, a load. Um, and, and, and <laughs> God, I mean, we could do a whole show just on that. Uh, I, you know, we'll, we'll set up the sequel. Um, the worst, like playing wise or just vibe or like can we pick a category inside of worst <laughs> a category of worst um, uh the worst you ever no, no, felt after no, a no, show no, no, you know, no i got you i got you your fuckhead moment it's a fuckhead yeah. moment dude yeah no i <laughs> yeah. i got you um i had played a show out at this yard farm party um with crowded streets once again and for whatever reason, I, I was very much under the impression that this was going to be like a, a big, like camp out, hang out, hippie festival, like everybody get loose thing. And so I got out there early and started partying hard. And by the time we went on, I was none too good. And I mean, just like, you know, they, you know, drumming is a motor skill and, and drinking directly affects your mm-hmm. motor skills first and foremost. And so, <laughs> and, and I'm not a big dude. Um, but I always drank like it. And, uh, and so I just, I became belligerent and I was angry. And this was really kind of in a spot where it was just weird, but you know, I like, I couldn't, my, my hands couldn't do what my brain wanted me to do. And so that was frustrating me and I was getting angry at myself. And so I was trying to like play and I couldn't, oh, no. and I was getting mad. Here it comes, dude. Here it comes, here yeah. it comes, here it and comes. Then, and then the, <laughs> the band was like noticing me having issues and so they're getting mad at me and then I'm getting mad at them. And it just, it became a whole thing. And uh, I ended up losing my position in that band over that night. Um, and so I'll say that that was probably one of my most embarrassing moments. Did you have yes, a, uh, did, did, did you like, uh, did you have an eruption? Were you like 
screw this man and like walked off uh, or something like that? I or no? did, how, did it, how did it end? Uh, it ended with them basically being like, dude, you need to get your shit together. I think I slept in my truck and they left and were like, fuck you, dude. Uh, and and then, <laughs> no, and, and, then and then like a day and a half later or like the next day, I think I was like looking through my emails and I had an email from one of the guys in the band that was basically like <laughs> the largest dressing down you've ever, ever, ever received. Um, and, and I was like, and then of course I started making phone calls and I'm like, really, is that how it's going to be? And they were like, yeah, man, sorry. And I was like, <laughs> uh, it was, uh, you know, so, I mean, again, you know, I, 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 I own my badges of dishonor. You know what I mean? I like, you know, I earned that one pretty heavily. So it, it is sure, what it yeah, is, but sure. you know, you do, you say, hey, what you, what's your worst show? You know, th those times where I've been incapacitated and unable to play, those are those have been my my most embarrassing moments. But you know, just on a comedic value, uh, you know, what are my worst shows? I did in one day. I did it to, at three in the afternoon. I opened up for live in the Gym Blossoms. So I played in front of like 25,000 people. There's a picture of me on a Jumbotron. It's, you talk about an amazing day. I'm like, this is badass. I'm like, you know, that's like, Tez, you hit the kick and it goes, like it's giant. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's yeah. my, so that's yeah. my three to four o'clock hour. So I leave there and I go to my nighttime gig, which is up at the Poolsville Country Club for exactly three people. Three people, uh, three. Uh, and I remember sitting there, and, and I was like, "This is the biggest fall from grace I've ever seen in my motherfucking life." I was like, "I literally <laughs> played twenty five thousand yeah. to three so, yeah, in one day, in one day." And I'm like, "If this shit doesn't keep you humble and real, I don't know what will." I remember sitting there playing the Damn. drums, and yeah. I looked up, and there was a spider dropping down from the ceiling. And I was like, are you, I mean, and it was like the size of a nickel. I was like, are you? More people, yeah. yeah. I was like, are you, you know? fucking kidding me? It, like, it was that kind of night. It was nuts. So yeah, that, that was, that was, a, that was a bad man. one too. All right, y'all ready for this lightning yeah. round? Pew, 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 pew. Let's do it. All right, Jay, are you ready? Pew, 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 pew. Lightning pew, round, pew, lightning pew. round, lightning round. <laughs> Thanks for your efforts. Thank you for the efforts, Sorry, I meant, I meant this one. All right. The lightning round. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, Chris, welcome to the lightning round. This is where I'm going to ask you some random ass questions and you have to just uh, short, fast answers, right. man. Like, don't think too hard on it. It just is All what right. it is. Psh, man, I really, I really did this one. Spell bioluminescence. B-I-O-L-U-M-I-N-E-S-C-E-N-C-E. Damn, you got a 100% right, dude. Damn. <laughs> Good one, man. <laughs> okay. That's enough, Tez. That's enough. Uh, what's the best... What's the best band... What? I can't believe I got that right. Uh, all right, ready that for one's next going one. on TikTok. Uh, what is the best band ever live, and why? Pink Floyd, and I will say because they were the pioneers of large-scale live production value in, in conjunction with audio art. Beautiful answer. Nice. Uh, nice. What's the perfect breakfast? French toast, sausage links, and two eggs over medium with syrup all over that shit. Good one. Okay. Uh, well, you don't drink beer anymore, a, but say yeah. you did. You, I remember you, it really well. You can well. have a beer with... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> all right. You can have a beer with anyone from history. Who would it be? Oh, anyone from history. It's a tough one, dude. It is, and no. I'm saying, you know, and again, without trying to sound pretentious or you know, like a douche, I'm, I'm trying to think of you know something, you know, and not just the obvious. No, I would say absolutely, Robert Nesta Marley. Yeah, <laughs> solid choice, man. That's who I want to talk yeah. to, man. That's that's yeah. I mean, I felt like he had a lot to say, and I will say that he lives at the top of my pile. Um, in a different Mount Rushmore, um, because I do believe that if you look at things and you look at music, there's been very few instances where societies were all caused to move in a singular direction due to a musical message. And he was absolutely at the pinnacle yes. of that. 
yeah. he could shift for he sure. could shift politics with the way that he was speaking. And I think that that was a problem for a lot of people and that was why his life went the way it did. But who he was as a person was absolutely larger than life. And I would wanna sit and just burn that J or have that drink with him and understand who he was as a, a simple person behind closed doors. Dude, Marley would be great to have a beer with, man, for sure. Um, for, all right. Uh, what's the best Rocky movie and Three. why? Clever Lang. <laughs> Clever Lang guy, huh? No. All right. I mean, it's, all right. it's just, it's, I mean, I could watch Rocky Three at when I was 10 or when I, let's see, what am I, 46. And I can still guarantee you that when that movie's over, I'm going to be standing on my bed with a set of boxing gloves talking about who wants to fight me? <laughs> who wants to fight me? Mm -hmm. Rocky Three gets me going. All the going. Yeah, dude, all the all, all the Rockies are on uh, Netflix right now. That's why I, I put the Rocky question uh, in there because I watched two. I watched two, and I didn't watch the Clubber Lang one yet. I think I watched two and so four. I like, it's the, what I've seen I, I so like far. one and two, and they're great. And three is awesome. But when you start getting into Drago and then Tommy Gunn, I mean, like four and five, man, that shit, I get all sorts of riled up. I'm like the street fighting one, oh, the street fighting Rocky with Tommy Gunn, the real oh, it's. Yeah, shit was good. The street fight, you know, right. when he, he sue me for what? And he fucking knocks him out over the hood of the car. <laughs> Shit's good. Um, all right, last one. Oh, sorry, I, I typed it wrong. Uh, what is your zombie apocalypse weapon of choice? Howitzer. A howitzer? Yeah. Scorch the earth, yeah. motherfuckers. I got no time for games. Stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> Scorched earth. <laughs> There's zombies Dude, out my, here, man. My answer is, We're not playing. There's zombies. I, I got no time to play. It's scorched earth. Howitzer. I'm lay, I'm leveling dude, shit. Dude, dude my, my, my answer, by the way, was a shovel. That was, that was my answer. Was like a shovel. I can like hit them with. I can dig it. I can dig stuff with it. Like it's like a multi-use tool. You, you, so I'm you like, can right, get shovel in close and, and get their social like with a, a shovel. I got them. <laughs> come close to me with a shovel, dude. You better watch out, dude. I'm, I'm, watch go, out. I'm going with a the shovel. distance game. Don't, don't come close. I'm playing dude. a zone defense. <laughs> Keep y'all up. All right, cool. Well, dude, Chris Murray, you survived. You survived the landing, awesome. man. Good. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good cool. times. It's fun stuff. Yeah, this is this is yeah, this has been a great conversation. Yeah, man. for sure, man. I really like I said, I appreciate it, man. This has been awesome. Um, well, all right. So with this, now you you are tasked with uh a show at the Cricket Crab. Oh, okay. So for everybody that don't know, we did we landed that and the first show will be March twenty fifth. Is is March twenty fifth, and we got Will Sims and uh, Minor Fall. Awesome, nice. And uh, yeah, man, it's the it's the first one, so I'm excited about it, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be. I think it's a it's a start to a beautiful thing. I, I really think it is, man. I, I appreciate Quick Crab for even you know rocking with us, even just hearing the idea and just being gung ho and ready to go with it, man. So we're gonna make look it work. Look at you, dude. Tez. Look at you, and, Tez. Um, Put, putting on shows and all that. Check you we out. Definitely, you're definitely getting voodoo. On That's it. We bro. can do a whole another one on that. I mean, putting on shows, man. I put on the hometown get down for a decade, and that was a whole festival that mm -hmm. started off as 150 people standing around a bonfire getting drunk, and turned into 2,000 paid campers over a weekend with 24 bands on two stages and. All the fucking Dang. shit that goes along with that, but that's another conversation for another day. Oh yeah, dude. I remember. I remember hometown get down, man. It rained every year. Uh, every uh, year it rained for the hometown <laughs> get down. Every single freaking it year, man. It was something. amazing. It was, it, was like, it was always something. But we yeah. we made a whole lot of something out of a <laughs> pile of nothing. A lot of times. It was a good time. Yeah, it was a good. That was a good party. In, it was a good party in the woods, yeah, man. Sure. It was a pretty cool party. You in got the woods. knowledge, yeah. bro. You can start a whole. Yeah, a man. Whole, uh, uh, all sorts of businesses, man. Just off of the shit that you know. <laughs> you should start a podcast, dude. I recommend it to everybody I see, man. Start your own podcast. For sure. <laughs> on, on, the, uh, on that note, Jay, you got any uh, final words for the uh, masses? I think my house is haunted. It was making some weird noises a little bit. I heard ago. some of it, dude. You're going to edit it out in pre-cut, but I heard the noises, too. They were in my cans, too, man. I heard it, it I heard sounded it like a baby screaming. Home. My that, words to the masses are, <laughs> pray for me. That, that, <laughs> good luck, bro. Because yeah. either, I'm either dealing with a baby ghost or a 
fucked up sump pump. Either <laughs> way, was, it's uh, not good. Jay, that, that was that, that was touching, Jay. That that was touching. This way. It's not Buffalo. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's not Buffalo. Chris Murray, we want to thank you again, bro. Before thank we get to so Tez, because te- te- yeah, sure. Thank you we for coming out, man. man. I'll yeah, absolutely man. do this anytime, you, man. Y'all just hit you, me up. You're a legend, bro. So thank you for being on with us tonight, man. And good luck with all of the endeavors you have in your future. I appreciate man. that very for sure. much. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. The next one we got to do uh, in person. Yeah, man. Um, and uh, Tez, what you got, man? Any a- anything left? A- anything we forgot to say or anything else you got on your uh, mind? No, nah, man. I mean, you know, keep it counted. It's open March 25th. The first one. Come out, support us. Cricket Crab, Odenton, Maryland. Support cystic fibrosis. I'm happy to be alive. Thank yeah, you. Man. Yes. Thank you. Uh, thank you all again. Thanks to the beer that I had. The one night only beer by the Dewey Beer Company. It was delicious. And, uh, and, uh... Yeah, me too, man. I'm happy to be here too. It was fun. It was really, really fun with you for guys. Sure, I, I sure. know we got a lot of stuff coming up, so I can't wait to get on to the, uh, to, you know, uh, to build up to the showcase, I guess, is what it's yeah, all about right yeah, now. So, yeah. we're on so our let's way, do man. it. We're on our way. Yeah. Chris, thanks again, man. Uh, fellas, Jay, good to see you, bro. On that note, <laughs> on that note, I'll holler at y'all. And that's it for this week. If you want to learn more about Chris, all of his information will be in the show notes as well as links to our own social media. So come on by and say hi. And with all of that being said, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.